Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Happy Resurrection Day evening, everybody. I believe you get this on Sunday night, Easter. Actually, it's Resurrection Day. Easter's a pagan holiday. We won't go into that. (laughs) But this is Resurrection Sunday. It's the day that Christianity celebrates when Christ came out of the grave. And it's a glorious time because he shares that resurrection with us. You know, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the God, Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have been raised in newness of life with Christ Jesus. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. It's fitting. You know, many people went to church today, probably. You know, I think this is the biggest church day in Christendom throughout the world. It's people that don't go to church, go to church. And it's important that you go to a church that teaches the word of God. Matter of fact, I'm going to start out with this verse. We're talking about deception. And I wasn't even going to bring this up till about 45 minutes ago. And I was going to do it later in the lesson, but I'm going to do it now. Hallelujah. It's First Timothy 3.15, Paul writing to Timothy. But if I tarry long, that you may know how you are to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And what I want to tell you is things that have been hidden. They've been misrepresented. That's part of deception. The church, it's the house of God, not the house of man. It's where God lives. If you went to a church today where God isn't alive, then you didn't go to a church. Church is where God lives. It's the house of God. It's where God rules. Is God in charge of the church you went to today? Is God in charge of the church that you go to all the time? God built that house. He grows that house. He provides for that house. He cleans that house through judgment. The church of the living God, he's not dead. No matter what things may look like, as bad as this world may look, you know, we're listening to so many people. We respect Michelle Bachman, Jan Merkel, Brother Hibbs out in California. So many people, Mario Murillo, they got their eyes open. They know what's going on. They know that the things that are you see happening, the bad things, and that's pretty much everything, the bad things that you see happening, that's because we are so close to the return of Christ. Jesus doesn't come back to pat us on the back because of the great job we've done. He comes back to judge us because we have rejected him. He removed the church first. You know, I said this in our Bible study, and most of the people didn't know it. If we were to declare war on Russia tomorrow morning, what would be the very first thing that we would do? Hmm? We would remove our ambassadors. Well, That's what Christ does also. When he comes back to judge the earth, 
The very first thing that he does before he does that, he removes the church. We are ambassadors for Christ. He removes us so we don't get caught in the crossfire. That's where the world gets its understanding, its its principle from. They're going to take their ambassadors out because they're going to go to war. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, Jesus is going to war with mankind, and he's going to remove the church first. It's a very important aspect of your relationship with Christ. Anyway, that's why we're teaching all of this stuff, because we want you to know what's real and what's true, what's going on, what lies are out there so you don't get tricked. Uh, We've been teaching about that. We're up to Hebrews 3.13 because we're going to give you a way to defend yourself against deception. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another daily. And it's so much stronger than encourage. It means to challenge. It means to call out. It means to press forward, to bring people out. It means to send them in the right direction. Exhort one another daily. And that's what we do in our radio show. That's what we do in our Facebook posts. That's what we do in our Bible studies. But exhort one another daily. That means today, while it is still called today, while you have time, lest any of you be hardened, hardened hearts, through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin not only has a deceitfulness built within it, but it also is deceitful in itself. Sin is deceitful, and if you will not repent of sin, if you let it stay, if you continue in sin over and over and over and over, day after day, day after day, day after day, your heart will become hardened, where it will become impossible for you to be saved. You know, as we get closer and closer to Christ's return, it's not easier to get saved. It's harder to get saved. Why? Because the people that aren't saved yet have rejected Christ already for years, for decades. And it's just harder and harder and harder because your heart is turned away from God. Remember God and Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh, it's recorded in the Bible, hardened his heart against Moses three times. Well, finally, God started hardening it himself because he knew Pharaoh's hardened heart had passed the point of no return. You don't want to reach that. That's the deceitfulness of sin. Well, I can deal with it tomorrow. Well, there's going to come a day when God's going to say, no, you can't. So here we see the product of being deceived by sin. It's a hard heart. You know, I remember Jesus was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and they were arguing back and forth about the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection. Uh, The Sadducees didn't. And so they came to Jesus And they were asking Jesus about the uh, woman that married the seven brothers uh, because they didn't have children. And so they wanted to know Jesus if there is a resurrection. Well, then whose wife will she be in the resurrection? And then Jesus says, you do make a mistake. You don't know the scriptures. And then they were asking, well, what about divorce? And Jesus says, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses gave you He gave you permission to write a bill of divorce. Basically, you do not want to be in Jesus's category where you are classified as having a hard heart. He only gave Moses the ability to go ahead and write that in Scripture because of the hardness of the heart of the Jews. Well, sin, deceitfulness of sin causes a hard heart in us, and we do not want to go into that place. Second Corinthians 4, 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, by the word of God, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, Paul defending his ministry in the sight of God. We don't handle the word of God deceitfully. 
unfortunately, there are people in our pulpits today that are handling the word of God deceitfully. You've got uh, Satan's people that come as angels of light in our pulpits. They're using that money. They're using that word of God for personal gain. They're making merchandise of you. You know, Paul knew that it would be dangerous preaching to go ahead and use the word of God for his own purposes. That is not going to cut it. They have a special punishment awaiting them. Uh, the word there is beguile. Uh, there are many meanings of the word beguile that are referenced here in that verse. Uh, one is paralogothamai. It means to misreckon or to delude. Catatabreo uh, means to award your prize to somebody else. That's one of the fruits of deception. What? Number one, you're removed from your place of safety. And then number two, your reward is awarded to somebody else. That's terrible. You know, people think that once you're saved, you can't lose your salvation. Au contraire, mon ami, that is not true. You can lose it so many different ways. Colossians 2, 4. And this I say, Paul writes, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. In this usage, man uses pleasant words and flattering speech to deceive you. We've got many syrupy-tongued preachers out there telling you good things. Preachers that don't want to talk about sin. Preachers that refuse to correct you. Jesus said, I correct those that I love. I rebuke those that I love. He doesn't want you going to hell because you're deceived. Yet that will happen. Verse 18 reveals that the meaning of that word, lest any man beguile you of your reward in scriptures. Let no man beguile you of your reward. You are headed for rewards in Christ Jesus. You've got the white throne judgment where the church receives the rewards for the works they've done, whether good or bad. Well, I'm not letting anybody take any of my crowns. I will not be deceived. As Christians, we're promised certain rewards from God the Father. They're rewards for faithful service in his kingdom. They are rewards for living sacrificially, and they're rewards for enduring hardship. But the ultimate reward for the Christian is heaven gained. Yet, as this verse plainly states, you can be deceived out of it. You can be tricked out of it. You can be talked out of it. That is why, as in Hebrews, we read it earlier in this verse, that exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness, through the trickery, through the beguiling nature of sin. You can lose your reward. You must be in the word. You must watch out for one another. Let's look at the Old Testament, Jeremiah fourteen fourteen. Then the Lord said unto me, Jeremiah, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I didn't send them, says the Lord, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke unto them. God saying, I never had no conversation with these guys. They're not talking for me. He says, then they prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of nothing. And they prophesy out of the deceit of their heart. Yes, even the prophets of God in Jeremiah's day were prophesying out of the deceit of their heart. People are doing that today also. Deceit of their heart. Here it means to delude or to betray. There are many people in pulpits that are betraying the trust that God has given them with the word of God. It's so important that we stay pure. It is so important that you read your Bible every day. It is so important that you go to a church that preaches the truth. Remember, what is it? Uh, it was the first verse I read today that Paul was warning Timothy that the church, the pillar and the ground of truth, the house of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. If you're not getting truth in your church, you need to move on. It's that simple. If you are not getting truth spoken to you from the pulpit of God, it's not neutrality. It's not like there's either three choices. There's either truth, there's neutrality, or there's deception. No, there is either truth 
or there is deceit. If they are not preaching you the truth, you are being deceived, brother and sister. Ephesians 5, 6, let no man deceive you with vain words. The expanded version, I like this, do not let anyone fool you or deceive you by telling you things that are not true or by telling you things with shallow philosophies, that's vain imaginations, vain words, with empty words. Because these things will bring God's anger, they will bring his wrath on those who do not obey him through uh, the disobedience of the, as is manifested in the sons of God. Let me read that again. Do not let anyone fool you or deceive you by telling you things that are not true or with shallow philosophies, with empty words, because these things will bring God's anger, his wrath on those who do not obey him, the children of the sons of disobedience. I don't want to be in that classification. I want to obey God. But God is very strict when it talks about deception. He is very concerned that the church does not become deceived. And like I said, with Pharaoh, he only put up with it for a while and then he had enough of it. Well, the same thing's going to happen. The Bible talks about God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. He doesn't choose this one will be deluded and this one will not. He follows our lead. If I continue to live a life of sin, rejecting God, I will follow uh, lies and it will harden my heart. I will be of no use to God. I will be beyond the reach of God. And then he will send further delusion upon me. Pay attention. There's a commandment there. What is a commandment? It's do not let. No man deceive you. Do not let. That's a command. And it's let one of the most powerful words in the Bible. I talk about this every time I come upon it. Do not let. Anything that comes after the word let is something you have in your power to do. Well, what is the scripture in Ephesians 5, 6? Do not let man deceive you. Okay, then I have the power. I have the ability. I have the strength. I have the authority not to let man deceive me. Well, what happens if I get deceived then? It means that I have let them. I have chosen. You cannot be deceived unless you choose to be deceived. Do you understand that? And the greatest way to defend yourself against deception, against lies, against what's false, is to know the truth. I know the truth. I don't know all truth, but I have the Holy Spirit of God. And now, because I have practiced truth, I have lived truth, I I give my money, I obey God, I love people. I tell people the truth. I don't trick them. I don't deceive them. The Bible said by constant use, by using the word of God, you get your senses exercised where you can discern the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, true and false. This Christianity, it's a constant daily work of the word of God in you, perfecting that which concerns you so that you can serve God better. Do not let anyone deceive you. What happens to people who disobey God? God gets mad at them. Their anger and their wrath will come upon them. People that don't obey him. It's simple. If we let people deceive us, we not only have the fruit of that deceit upon us, but we will also earn God's wrath, especially those of us in the church. You know, you want to manifest the love of God? What is the love of God? Love of God is five words. First John 5, 3, that we keep his commandments. That's the love of God. None of this sloppy, agape stuff where you go around hugging everybody but never obeying God. No, it's a hard love. It's got a discipline to it. It's got judgment to it. You got to know all this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be deceived. It's so easy. You know, the Bible talks about many will follow these deceivers. In certain verses, it talks about most will follow these deceivers. I've got a great scripture. Is it here? Okay, great. Matthew 24, verse 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, 
and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now, quickly, the very elect, there's actually three people, that are three entities that are referred to as the very elect. In um, Isaiah 44, I think it is, Jesus is referred to as the elect of God. And we know also chapter 44 in Isaiah, no, 45. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect. Israel is God's elect, Isaiah 45, 4. The church is God's elect. We know that. And so we've got the warning that if it were possible, these deceivers would deceive God's elect. So that's either the church or Jesus. He's not going to be deceived. So it's basically Israel or the church. Well, during the tribulation, when this is talking about, it's the church is gone. So the church is not being spoken about here. He is talking about Israel. They are being deceived by the false messiahs that will be prevalent. They are being deceived by the false prophets, which is going to be prevalent. They're going to be everywhere. And notice something, and this is so important. This is why you have to be very careful about signs and wonders. You've got the false Christ. What is the lie? What is the deception that the false Christ tell people? Well, it's their claim to being Christ. That The lie is that they are the Messiah. So that's obvious to me. I read my Bible, but don't forget, this takes place during the tribulation. People aren't reading their Bibles. Preachers are few and far between. There are demons running all over the place. The Antichrist is ruling, and he's got the religious false prophet speaking. And so it's a very terrible scenario. So it's not like there's a church on every corner. That's not it. The church is not in the earth like he was infilling the believers in our day. It's a different type of ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And so there's danger there that these people could be deceived by the false prophet and the false messiahs. And so we have to be careful. Jesus is warning them. But they're they're not only making the claim saying, oh, look, the Messiah is over there. He's in the village. Oh, look, he's over there. Those are false sayings about the Messiah, but people will be deceived by them. They'll also be deceived by people claiming to be Christ. And Satan will show great signs and wonders. And that's the danger. Remember when Jesus was here, why did God give Jesus the miracles? Hmm? Why did God anoint Jesus of Nazareth to do miracles? He anointed him to do miracles so that he could use those miracles to confirm, this is my son. He is speaking the truth. That's why those miracles came. That's why you don't see very many miracles today. Why, Ron? Because we're not speaking the truth. God is not on a bound to confirm the words that I speak unless they're written, thus saith the Lord. But anyway, Satan, the counterfeit, is going to go ahead and give great signs and lying wonders to confirm that these false messiahs are who they say they are. And unfortunately, many will believe. Now, it's great because according to this, if it were possible, I read that to mean that God is not going to allow the Jews to be deceived by these lying prophets, false messiahs, and the lying wonders. But we take that today to make the case that, well, the church is not going to be deceived today, which is totally false. Number one, when you're reading the Bible, when you're studying the Bible, when you're teaching the Bible, there's a principle. That principle is context is king. That means you leave the scriptures where they are. You don't take them out to make a point. You don't take them or move them or or alter them to support your doctrine. You read the Bible to get your doctrine. Matthew 24, 24, Jesus is talking to the disciples, mainly the Jews, and he is letting them know as he walks them through this narrative of 51 verses that this is the tribulation. 
this is actually the great tribulation at this point. It's the second three and a half years of the tribulation period. And the elect will be under great stress. They'll be under great danger. But Jesus says, don't worry. It's not going to be possible to be deceived because you're my children. I've got you. However, that does not apply to the elect today. The elect today is who? It's the church. That does not apply to them today because it wasn't written to us. It was written to the Jew. You got that? Very important. Colossians 3.12, put on therefore the elect of God, the church, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and longsuffering. Colossians 3 shows to you the elect of God is the church also. So we know biblically that the church is the elect and they will be in the earth today. But I can tell you right now, I don't even need a scripture to tell me how deceived the church is. We've got the weirdest things coming out of the church. Uh, we're trying to support homosexuality because they're under the guise of love. God would never be against a guy loving a guy. Why not? Heaps for love. That is not love. That is lust. There's people teaching that God is not sovereign in the earth. No, God's not for that doctrine. Who wants you to believe that God is not sovereign in the earth today? Certainly not God. No, that's the devil's lie. That's a doctrine of devils. So we know that Christians are deceived. And I believe people teaching this stuff, I hope they're saved. I believe they're saved. I know some of them quite well. But when you have all of these false doctrines going on, you are in danger. People telling you that it's okay to sin. People Now there's people in the church. You know, in seminaries, we've got weird people. We've got Muslims. We've got people that don't know God teaching in our seminaries, and they're teaching lies. They're teaching hypocrisies, heresies. And so all of this stuff coming out of, out of seminary and your pulpits, you have got to check it out. It is so important because this is the environment of the day. It's called the apostasy where known truths are under assault. People are teaching in our seminaries that Christ sinned. They are teaching that he did not rise from the dead. They are denying the virgin birth. This is coming out of religion in our seminaries, and we have got to be careful. Those lies, if you fall for them, they will take you straight to hell. So verse 21 reveals to us in Matthew 24 that it is the tribulation. I mentioned that to you before. You've got to know that. And it's important that you stay on the straight and narrow. I've got another verse here I wanted to share with you about the protection. Well, here, let me confirm the fact that God used the miracles to uh, confirm that Jesus Christ was preaching the truth. Acts 2.22 Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. So God did those miracles and wonders and signs to confirm to you that this Jesus Christ is the real Jesus. He's the real deal. I approve of what he's saying. So let's see. Here we go. Second Timothy 3.13. I use this verse often. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is the danger. The people there in our pulpits, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. First uh, Timothy 4.1. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the last days, The latter time, the last days, uh, 2 Timothy 3 talks about that. Then in these last days, some will turn away from the faith. Now, who could that be? Is that the ungodly turning away from the faith? Is that Oprah? No, that's the church. That's the faithful. The people of faith are who? 
They're the church. Well, the Holy Spirit clearly states that in the last days, some will turn away from the faith. They will desert the faith, the NASB says. They will leave it behind. And why? Because they will be giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and the doctrines that demons are teaching. And guys, this is is what's going on in your church. Let me read it in its entirety. You can see. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. Where are these doctrines that the demons teach being taught in? They're being taught in our pulpits. NASB, but the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Man, you have got to know the difference. The church doesn't know this. You've got to know the difference between a demon and the Word of God. People are so deceived, and the only way you're going to know the difference is by studying the Word of God. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that listen. I pray that you keep them from falling away. I pray that you put in them a supernatural hunger for the word of God, that they desire the sincere milk of the word, Father God, that they would grow thereby. Father God, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and the knowledge of the truth. Protect them, guide them, guard them. Bless them with your presence, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.